And we're back, as promised, with the follow-up to our last Doctor Who episode. I'm Corey. Sahara's with me. Hello, hello. So that was a whopping whopper of a whopping whopping. How many times can I say whopping? That was a big <laughs> ending of a season. <laughs> I just started going on whopper, whopper. Wow, I can't get out of this mental track. <laughs> Somebody help me. <laughs> I mean, that's probably how the doctor feels now that she's sticking. She's sticking? Wow, English is not our friend today. She's stuck in a Jadud prison. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I hope you are prepared, but we're obviously going to be talking in detail about the whole season, series, whatever. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Every Doctor Who outlet has already mentioned this, and it's been over a week. So, I mean... Right. And this is coming out on a Thursday, so by the time they're listening to this, if you guys haven't seen Already it, I'm honestly impressed. <laughs> like, get it together. you got to watch the end of the season. It was amazing. Um, I mean, it's also really kind of a game changer as far as the Doctor Who canon goes. And obviously, there have been some people that don't like it, and we'll get into some of the various reasons they've given later. But I do think we want to do maybe a quick some up of what's happened that's fair so we left off in our last episode i want to say we had reached episode six which was paxius and all about the bacteria covering human bodies and plastic and environmentalism and then the next episode after that was more supernatural events and we really got into oh there's a lot of things happening and you know, the Doctor is starting to get separated more, which we'll talk about as well, because this season, I feel like, more than last, definitely had her kind of on her own a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And then the following episode was all about Frankenstein, and a really great way to include Frankenstein was making it about the Cyberman, which I thought was really interesting. As someone who hasn't seen any of the past Cyberman episodes, the moment that the Frankenstein stuff started, I was like, oh, it's going to be the Cyberman. And I hadn't actually even known that was coming so i was really proud of myself for being like oh my gosh it's coming we're gonna finally like reach what's going on and coming after jack telling everybody to tell the doctor don't talk to the bone cyberman of course the doctor does exactly what she was told not to which led us into the two-part finale that aired over two weeks with the ascension of the cyberman and of course our favorite master coming back and causing more problems and then the finale in which we find out that the Timeless Child is, in fact, the Doctor. I mean, I do want to mention, when we talk about, you know, we saw Jack come back and be like, hey, don't give the Lone Cyberman what it wants. I I do need to put in here that the Doctor was in a no-win situation, and I think this is the first time we really see where they go off about you know the flat team structure and then the doctor's Mm -hmm. like yeah but sooner or later somebody has to make a tough decision and sometimes there's a no-win situation and i'm stuck at the top exactly and there's a lot of discussion about you know the doctor has not always made the right decisions right and i feel like for me as a whovian like i've watched since we've had hartnell like as the first quote unquote doctor that we know Mm -hmm. of i have to preface that now (laughs) um (laughs) but as far as like this iteration of the doctor it's been a very clear progression of 
Hartnell's doctor up into Whitaker's doctor of they're growing as a compassionate being trying to be a good person. And the entire kind of arc of Peter Capaldi's 12th doctor was him trying to figure out what does it mean to be good? Right. Absolutely. What does it mean to be a good person? And the doctor has gone through so much trauma of this current set that we know of, not counting their previous you know, pre-division mind wiping. Right. And a lot of that is shaped who they are. So by the time we get 13 talking about, uh, eventually I'm the person at the top having to make a decision, there is so much weight there that you can literally see it on her shoulders. Right. I'm going to have to make this decision because you two are just going to gleefully let Byron die. But I'm thinking of the entire... You know, what are the ramifications of that going to be? Right. And, and also, I... you know, and people went through, you know, people who were being more charitable to the doctor, because there's a certain contingent that are just like, how dare she make those decisions? And I'm like, well, if you go through, especially Tumblr was really good about breaking down. It's like, well, what would the ramifications have been? Right. And ultimately, Byron's writings inspired people who inspired MLK. So if you follow the trends, we may right. never have had the civil rights movement. Right. So, and the doctor knows this and it's not just a matter, the doctor has to be aware of this. And right. it's times when you get to, the doctor has had some companions that, and it's not just the current companions, it's previous companions as well that they're just like, oh, well, let's just, just do this. And I think we're really starting to get the weight of the doctor almost being disappointed like i have to either it blows up the timeline now or it blows up the timeline in the future there is a no-win situation right and i mean that's the thing too with doctor who and we talk about this a lot it is how much of the actions end up either breaking a time loop or creating a time loop because as we found out it was kosharmas who was sending the siberian back and so at first people were like oh well maybe the doctor did it and it just become a loop that's never ending but then turned out no the doctor had nothing to do with the siberian being sent back but then also the decisions that she has to make. And I will say, I don't even necessarily think that Ryan would have gone through with letting Byron die. I think that at that moment, he was very much scared, as one would be. And he's thinking about how do I deal with the situation now? Because he hasn't, like you just said, hasn't had to make a decision yet that has ramifications for not just billions of people, but literally the entire universe as we know it. And her, you know, really not getting in his face necessarily, but just outlining it like, this is the team structure. Yeah, you guys have become more independent. I let you guys do things. But literally, I am the one who has to make the final decision. Because ultimately, if I want to, I can send you guys back. And you will not remember any of this. Not that she would ever do that. But that is a choice that she could make if she felt like the, Well, see, the doctor has there... done that before as a companion with Donna. Well, right. Literally yeah, to yeah. save her life. And he has... Right. She's had to live with that. And my the point I want to make that you brought up is... Um, you know, we saw this with Yaz, too, in the Battle of Rand, the last season finale. I'm not even yeah. going Where she was you. like, okay, let the Ux die. Yeah. Let's commit genocide for two beings to right. save all of Earth. And again, it's like you get where she's coming from, but the doctor is like, you're talking about committing genocide. Genocide is genocide. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with what happened to her people. Well, technically, her people again. Right. 
Well, it's also, it's interesting because I think a lot of times we've talked at length about the contingent of fans who are never happy with anything the doctor decides to do because they're never happy with the show in general. And so forgetting them, there are some people who generally are like pretty logical. And even they were like, oh my God, I can't believe she made these choices. And it's like, first of all, at the end of the day, you know, the show makes the choices, right? The writers are making the choices. Mm -hmm. We can talk at length about within the canon what's going on, but ultimately for her to be able to, you know, make a split second decision, save Byron, and also make it so that they're okay until they can get to the future is really, it shows her ability to make that decision very quickly because Mm -hmm. she's thinking about the 90 million different ways that all of her choices can go. And yeah, Jack can come and tell you not to do something, but at the end of the day, the doctor has to make that choice, which is why I found the finale episodes really interesting because of the way they were framed. And so we have the other human survivors. We've got Coach Sharmas, which we learned is the ferryman, you know, helping everyone through the barrier. And then everything that happens with the master, you know, Sasha really brought it. And it was amazing to watch the two of them act with each other because it's literally just the two of them and a green screen the whole time that the two Mm -hmm. of them are interacting. And so it really shows, you know, I think Sasha brings to, for me, not having seen the past masters. I mean, I've seen like a clip of Missy here and some of the other masters there, but for him to like really bring that, he is so mad and so frustrated. And I mean, he even says like, dang, I wish the, um, I just forgot his name. The one that had the death thing inside him. When he shrinks him, he's like, ah, I wish this had gone off. Now I have to deal with these people again because he would honestly rather just be dead than deal with the fact that everything he's known is a lie. And he's technically part of the mass, uh, the doctor and he's just pissed off about it. Plus, you know, he kind of wants to kill everybody. Well, and what I really liked was they asked is like, does the master even love the doctor at this point? Right. And he said, you know, yes, I think he does, which is what is so complex about it. And once I kind of, you know, made that decision and made it a lot easier for me to approach this because it is a very conflict. And you can even see there's a few moments where, yes, he is completely off the deep end and wanting to destroy everything. But even when he's watching the doctor suffer, before he snaps out of it, you see there's a few moments where he's just, you can see some true empathy of, yeah, that sucks. I mean, yeah. it doesn't last very long, but right. you can see moments of it, which is, I, I really like the nuanced layers that he brought to that, and especially with Jody too, of like, when she finally loses her temper, why would they do that to me? Right. Um, you just really feel for her. And I love that we got to see Joe Martin's doctor again. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, whether she's, whatever figment was there i love just seeing her again i hope we do get to see her again of like this is division ish doctor pre mind wipe where she's still i would love to see them run into each other again because it doesn't seem like the doctor completely has all of her memories back yeah absolutely so i'd love to see them interact again after the doctor will inevitably be broken out of prison Right, absolutely. I mean, she's going to have to be because we literally know that the special, which will be either airing at the end of the year or New Year's next year, will absolutely be about, well, we know it's literally called Revolution of the Daleks, one. And then two, sorry, Daleks. I always pronounce it wrong. (laughs) Um, Because in my brain, when I read it, I think of it as like, it doesn't matter. The point is, that's happening. We're going to see other bad guys that people love to see. And so 
you know, for now, we're like, well, it's kind of, it's a cliffhanger. We obviously want to know what happens. But we also know that ultimately they're going to, she's going to break out some way. She's going to get reunited with the fam and maybe the other humans, question mark. We don't know I if do those humans just... say, I do want to say for our Game of Thrones watchers, the send off that Barristan Selmy should have had in Game of Thrones, that actor Ian McKellany, I'm yeah. butchering his last name, absolutely got a great send off on this one. I was like, that's what Barristan Selmy deserved. <laughs> <laughs> justice for barristan um i'll have to take your word for it as i am not a game of throner but i did love him showing up at the end and being like killed you first that was amazing i yelled a little bit at my tv well and by tv like, i mean my computer screen <laughs> to me it was a little bit lazy at first because i'm like once again the doctor doesn't have to make that ultimate hard choice but i'm also like she technically already did she was like, yeah. I can't pull the trigger. And then that guy, you know, he comes in and he's just like, yeah, I can. Let me do it. Right. It's right. technically my fault. So let me end this. And to my surprise, like, she does. She's like, right. all right, I can't do it myself, but I realize this has to be stopped. Well, and that's and one then of the he things- just does such a good job acting the hell out of it. And I'm like, yeah, yes. OK, whatever. I buy it. It's fine. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, too, is anytime I see someone fall when they're acting, I'm like, how did you make yourself do that so well? Because my falling is never graceful. And he's just like, I mean, it's not that he gracefully falls, but he like, you know, does the beautiful fall and he clicks it right at the right moment. And just like, it's interesting because we assume the master still made it. And we assume that some of the really creepy, awful, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have nightmares forever, you know, Time Lord, Cybermen. What are they called? The Cyber Guard? That they exist. Also, I thought it was really funny that there were 13 CyberGuard. I don't know if anyone else picked up on that, but I was like, wow, I see what you're doing there, show. I see it. I see it. And I mean, so- I'm sure they're not going to be done with the Master. I would, and I've said for a while, I would love to see the Ronnie re- return. But I would yes. love to see, like, what the 12th Doctor tried to do with Missy actually be like, she's back but she actually is actively working on Redemption. And I would right. love to see, just as a contrast because the master is just to the doctor this my big failure of trying to reach people and just being able to see a contrast of here is this other person that I went to school with that I knew that I trusted that went bad and they've somehow managed to find their way to be good I would just love to see that for the doctor's sake oh for sure but also I I mean also just imagining doctor and root like Jody doctor Joe Martin doctor and then both of the masters in the same room together. I don't think they can pay them all to show up at the same exact time. But if they can, that would be amazing and would make for really entertaining TV. And the other thing, too, that I think is really interesting, and we'll, we'll get back to this in a little bit because of what we've read about, like, casting and all that stuff, is assuming that we get everyone back for, like, the first episode of the next series, since we know for a fact Jody's coming back, you know, at what point do they decide to, like, let the fam know more of what's really happening? Because they really pushed her this season. They were like, we, you know, you know everything about us, and we would like to know more about you so we can support you because we genuinely care about you. And so at what point do they finally allow, you know, the writers make it so that the doctor is able to tell them more? Because then I think at that point, the interactions between all four of these characters becomes even more rich, richer, uh, because they're not just, like, they're not like the audience, you know, we know everything because we're watching the show. 
but they have no clue what's going on. They have no idea who the master is. They have no clue what all of these like behind the scenes things are going on. She doesn't tell them anything. And so the whole time they're like, oh, she's just making decisions on our behalf. And we haven't seen them necessarily be angry about it, but we've definitely seen Ryan go, you know, is this my life for the rest of time? And even Graham is like, I mean, I like doing what I do and I have a lot of fun and I'm enjoying my time with you all. But his fear about his cancer coming back. And even Yaz with the anniversary of her, you know, yeeting herself out of town. And then finally her sister's able to get her to come back. There's a lot of different parts and layers to what's going on between all four of these people. I mean, I do want to talk about that. And let's just, you know, address the rumors. Uh, Right now, the current rumor is that Bradley Walsh and Tozen Cole are, they're going to be back for the special and maybe like the first episode of the season or so. But then they're more or less going to be done with the series. But Yaz, played by Manda Gill, will still be part of the series going on. That is the current rumor. Yeah. Um, and right now, I mean, there is some supplemental news that kind of indicates that that might be what's happening. Um, Toes and Cole, uh, it was announced in February from Deadline that there's going to be an AMC series called 61st Street that Cole is going to be a lead in. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that would be a scheduling conflict. And then Bradley Walsh has talked about how the Doctor Who schedule in particular is very grueling. And there was also just recently, um, some rumored casting that he is going to be playing Pop Larkin in the remake of Darling Buds of May. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there is some maybe potential supplementary evidence that those two may be not coming back right which, and if they do they'll come back as you know guests and not necessarily right. for which, multiple episodes you know i'm okay with based off of their character arcs because you know you talked about ryan is talking about what do we do when do we slow down and he's got a friend that you know he wants to be there for and graham has kind of really um been able to process grace's death and who he is right absolutely so those two i mean they do kind of have some closure that they could easily write them out yes i don't think we've really scratched the surface of her i think what we learned about her really just set it up for her character to now start growing yeah so i can definitely see her why why they would stay on with her and we also like in this season especially in the last three episodes of the season, we really started to see that Yaz genuinely cares about the Doctor. Not that Ryan and Graham don't, but... No, of course. I think, you know, Ra- Yaz, Raz, Yaz <laughs> has a deeper connection, at least on her end, with the Doctor. About, you know, she genuinely loves her. Right. And, you know, you especially saw it in the finale when they're talking about, oh, this portal could get us to the doctor. And right. you see them all talking about, oh, it could be dangerous. Cut to Yaz, who's already yeeting herself halfway through right. the portal. Right. You know, and Yaz is the only one who tries to stop the doctor from, at the time, com- essentially martyring herself to save the rest of them. Yaz is the one when they get back home is wondering how the doctor is. So I, I do think there's a deeper connection. I don't know that's necessarily romantic and I don't really want it because Yaz is 19. So unless they do something when we cut back to, Oh, Yaz is suddenly in her thirties and she's been traveling around with Jack and she's coming back to get Ryan and Graham to break the doctor out. Unless it's that, I don't really want it to be romantic. Cause like age difference. 
but I would be okay if it was like Clara, Clara and Twelve. Like you have right. this very deep connection, and you have two individuals that just genuinely see and understand each other. Right. Um. And I do think a lot of the Doctor has still been. It's very much. She's been very much empowering Yaz and letting Yaz be comfortable in making her own decisions. Right. Unless, you and know, I it's like say, genocidally killing somebody or completely fucking up the timeline. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, if that's not Doctor Who on a regular basis, what else is? I, I think interestingly enough, I mean, the, having them be guest stars is perfect because then they can come in and out as they're filming other things. But I will say the one thing about Tosin is that the 61st Street show was picked up for two seasons and they're filming like soon. So he could ostensibly film the two seasons back to back, have a break and then start filming if they were to bring him back once they finalize that. Because I don't think the 13th, 14th? Wait, what season are we It'll on? be season 13, 13 right? that we go on. Yeah. Oh, right, because 13 and 13, right, duh. So season 13 doesn't start filming until way later in the fall anyway, and so should they want him to be back for, like, a couple of episodes so it's, like, a larger arc, they could make that happen. Are you sure it's that much later in the year? Because I thought they were already writing episodes for it. That's what Google says. Well, Google... I mean, it doesn't really matter. Anyway, if they can figure out the scheduling, he could come back. But they have committed to two seasons, and it's going to be in production, so he's going to be busy and on another continent. Across yeah. an ocean. <laughs> mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think the larger question is, even if they leave, who do they bring on as another companion? If or they bring if someone. they don't. Because yeah. traditionally, I know Chibnall kind of came a little bit returned to classic who of like, let's have multiple companions. But as far as new who is gone, they'll have other people on board, but it's been one companion. Right. So it could just be that this is Yaz settling into that I'm the primary companion role Mm -hmm. which i'm also fine with just because like jody and mandip have wonderful chemistry and i love seeing them work together (laughs) right right but you know it would be interesting if that's what chibnall decides to do after two seasons of multiple companions and and it has been over the last two seasons that's been a little bit of a complaint of there are too many companions so we're not getting to really know them as much as right. it's one companion. So it could be that he's just like, okay, this is my natural progression, and now we're really starting in with Yaz's journey. Right. Another thing, too, is with Tosin and Bradley, for example, um, if they do, like, the guest star thing, they could use them to, like, come in and out, and they could also use... Again, we're not entirely sure what the plan is for the humans that are currently now in 2020, we would assume, yeah. who have never seen 2020. <laughs> they could just be like, we set them up with jobs and now they're like learning how to camouflage themselves and they're living their best lives because I mean, they have like... It could be you know, her own little homegrown new version of the unit for all we know. There's a lot of potential right, there. exactly. So we won't know more until later and we especially won't know until we see the holiday episode. But I think... They've set it up in a way where I think that all of the characters, like you said, there's a natural resolution for their arcs. We get to see more of Yaz and we get to see Yaz more lead, if that makes sense, because she's Mm -hmm. definitely taken on a leadership role. And so should they bring on like a random guest companion here or if they just bring like random humans like they do every episode that just have to hang out with them because they're like, that's my life now. There's this random blonde lady in my door. What is going on? (laughs) They can just cycle through a bunch of different people 
and not have to worry about necessarily making them be there for a really long period of time. Right. And the other thing I did want to bring up, because there's a lot of people like, well, if Yaz stays on, you know, it's going to seem too much like she's Clara. And the issue with Clara was she and the doctor really understood each other, but Clara wanted to be the doctor or be her own version of the doctor. And right. You know, she had access to quite a bit of power at times, and she would make those decisions. Whereas with Yaz, it's she doesn't have the same power that Clara does. She's not this preternaturally gifted with understanding the Doctor and being in all these timelines things that Clara has been. But right. she still keeps trying. And I, right, I think right, right. that's the decision to make. It's like that's what separates her from Clara is she's genuinely trying to make a difference and she's not trying to insert it because it's just I'm here and I can make that decision it's I'm here and I want to help and I think this is the right thing to do right and I mean that's the one really nice thing about this season is we do see the doctor I mean very much this season was we're going to do every combination of the different characters with each other on their own and like teaming up with different people and the doctor really and that's what I think they did a really good job of of setting her up with the oh I'm talking to myself again oh, who am I going to talk to? Like, what am I doing right now? Oh, crap, I've done it again. And then finally when they all show up, she's like, oh, my gosh, I finally have someone to, like, spout off all my wisdom to because that's what she's used to doing. And so it's set up a future season where, again, if they want to split Jody and Yaz up, or Jody and Yaz up, the Doctor and Yaz up more and more, they can without it feeling like they're, like, on two separate shows, if that makes sense. Like, it's organic. It doesn't feel like they did it just to separate the characters. Right. And also, I mean, I do want to talk about the reveal of the Timeless Child and some of the implications there. And this is something I told you. Yeah. It's a thing where the doctor is just cannot abide by children being upset or being mistreated. And I'm just like, after finding out what Tecteun did. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, you basic... <laughs> it's heavily implied that she forced those regenerations the more oh, obsessed course. she became. Absolutely. And I'm like, so you literally tortured this child to yeah. make your society. And I'm just like, how freaking forgiving does the doctor have to be? Right. It makes a lot more sense about, ultimately, her nature... The doctor's nature is to, they have moments of great anger where they can do some truly terrible things, but ultimately they try to be very compassionate. Well, and I think that's what makes the master's anger so relatable. Like, I get it. (laughs) If you find all this out and you're already like primed for anger and being a crappy person, it makes total sense that your response's goal is wanting to prove that you're better than the doctor right exactly that's gonna suck <laughs> everything you are is because of the doctor and literally your decks are part of him and so now you're literally you cannot you can't even like go away i mean he could have chose, chosen to do that if he wasn't angry but he is stuck forever no matter what he wants to do the master and the doctor will always be connected no matter what they want yeah, I mean, she's going to be connected with all any remaining Gallifreyans ever because right. of that. Right. And I'm just like, especially with me knowing the history of how the Time Lords have mistreated the Doctor from Hartnell to this. Like, right, this absolutely. Of the doctor, like, they've treated the Doctor freaking terribly. And I'm like, man, 
I am not for genocide, but I would not be in any way, shape, or form blaming the doctor if she found out a way to somehow save them and was like, I am completely done with you. You are on your own from here on out. Well, and I will say, I mean, I made a Twitter post about how, a Twitter post? I tweeted about how this episode pretty much just being about Empire and, like, a British show, and Sasha being an Indian man. Like, there's just a lot of interesting layers that are happening there, because the whole premise is literally... colonialism. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Like, we are better than everybody. We're going to create the best. And that's literally what happened. Like, and it's and still it happening. And it was a white person experimenting on a black child. Yeah. Initially. Yeah. You know. Yep. And that's something that I found really important is that when they were casting all the kids they were very thoughtful about the fact that we're going to need to have kids of a variety of backgrounds and which present as a variety of genders because it wasn't just the same kid generating the same you know skin tone or whatever mm-hmm. literally it was every single variety possible and tecteo and just got weirder and weirder and more and more obsessed and then at the end having the time lord be um a black man i they just made a lot of really interesting choices that i don't think past writers for doctor who ever would have and you know there are the people on the internet who are like oh my gosh it's so woke first of all none of you know how to use the word word work woke properly we need to stop using that word period stop woke in 2020 because y'all have just completely (laughs) diluted it past its original meaning pretty much and so i think that you know chipnell at all have very thoughtfully you know, discussed and decided where the future of the doctor goes. Because even if someone else takes it on, unless they completely retcon it, which they don't think they will, this has set up a very specific history now for the doctor moving into any of the new show seasons or series of the show moving forward. And it honestly, it kind of closes a plot hole that was left over from the 70s with the Morbius. I'm right. not going to get into yeah. it. It closes a plot hole. It opens some new plot holes. That's fine. Doctor Who canon has always been about kind of reinventing itself. And I don't understand why so many people are just so outraged. It's like, it's so disrespectful to William Hartnell. I'm like, they're not saying William isn't the, his version wasn't the first doctor. It's still the first doctor of the doctor we have now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what it's done is it's opened Doctor Who up to really just kind of unlimited possibilities. You know, instead of that hole that the Doctor Who is kind of back, the corner of Doctor Who had kind of backed itself into a little bit, Chibnall completely and utterly blew cannon wide open. It was like, here's a giant sandbox we can all play in now. Exactly. And I mean, their Twitter accounts were very clear that this, the Doctor Doctor Who is now meant for everybody, uh, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate because, you know, someone at least somewhere, whether it's for marketing or not, sat down and was like, wow, let's think about the way the Doctor Who fans have treated other fans of color or woman fans. And then Jody comes along and they bring in Yaz and, you know, Ryan and even Graham and just the way that the show now is very much catered to a way wider audience that for people like me who didn't watch the first stuff and had very little, I mean, I've watched a couple episodes here and there. We've talked about the but like to me i can still enjoy it and like go onto wikipedia after an episode and be like oh my gosh let me look up all the references that i necessarily know but i can still enjoy it for what it is well and the other thing is like you talked about it's 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 opening doctor who up for a lot of people because during the show's history all the doctors have been white and male and it was a big deal and there's still so much stupid 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 backlash about just even having a white <laughs> woman doctor 
Right. And the amount of concern trolling I'm even seeing from white female Doctor Who fans where I'm like, well, I just, I think it's disrespectful and I don't know why. I'm like, you're not slick. Yeah, And there's a certain point in time where certain... You know, and I'm sure they're more well-meaning fans of Doctor Who, but there is a certain point in time where there needs to be some self-reflection and let's think about why this bothers me so much because we've already changed canon so many times through Doctor Who and this this is what does it, conveniently being opening up the Doctor to have been several different ethnicities and genders. This This is... This is what we don't like? I mean, right. I expect this out of the whiny piss baby contingent. Because I knew <laughs> there was the whiny piss baby contingent that was going to shit on this show no matter what they did. Because they hired two women's to be a doctor right. anyway. They've been around since the last season. But seeing right. it now off of supposed Whovians who you know, aren't necessarily on the Piss Baby Brigade, and I'm going to still call them the Piss Baby Brigade from now on. <laughs> but seeing Whovians who aren't on the Piss Baby Brigade suddenly having issues because the doctor's been a black woman or there's extra doctors, and now I'm just so not comfortable with canon being right. moved with. And I'm like, I see y'all's fucking fanfic, and you play with right. fucking canon all the gosh dang time. <laughs> that got yeah. wrong <laughs> no it's fine I just I was just waiting it out because I thought it was hilarious and I completely agree with you well that's the thing right like I have never once watched Doctor Who because I had no interest in anything Moffat put his hands on because he's Haram and then I was like well I don't know anything I mean I knew Jodie Whittaker and so I love her and so it's like let me try mm-hmm. it and then you and some of my other friends who really love New Who and even you know the original stuff were like try it and see and then I ended up loving it so much that I literally watched it the day it aired you love it so much that we're talking about multiple we've spent multiple episodes of that's haram discussing it <laughs> exactly and so you know why wouldn't they make space for all which is i'm that phrase is literally from the twitter like why wouldn't doctor who in the year 2020 reflect what the world could be like i mean listen the whole show's about them fighting stupid space aliens come on you're gonna be okay. mad there are some people of color now sahara you have to understand that there are people that still completely missed the actual implication of space for all because I've seen them on Reddit. They're like, well, they said the tagline was space for all. But did that actually happen during the season? Like, what did I miss? And I'm like, oh, ah! my goodness. How, how did you not understand what the implication was for that? Ay, ay, ay. This is why we need to educate the youth on how to think critically. But the moral of the story is, is I'm excited to see what happens in the next series, regardless of who gets to stick around and who doesn't, and just the way that they decide to write the Doctor escaping Jadun, and also what it means for the fact that, like, the Master's living his best life out there waiting to attack again. Assuming you know, like, at what point the do they come back? the version of the Master, and this Master didn't regenerate. Well, that's also fair. That There's is true. a lot of things that could go down with the Master See, at this point. but that also makes me kind of sad, because Sasha is so great. But no, that's fair. That's super fair. And I forgot that the master also regenerates because, duh, <laughs> we literally talked about Missy. And so my brain clearly is not keeping up. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, it'll be interesting to see because I think, you know, the writers have been really thoughtful. And also, we didn't really talk about this at length, but just the fact that they gave all of the characters their own little episodes to really get into their psyche. 
So we mm-hmm. had, in general, the fear episode really got at all of it. You know, to, um, Ryan and his friend and Graham and the cancer and Grace coming back for a hot sec was super great. Ugh, I miss that actor. She was so amazing. And then, you know, yes. what does it mean for Yaz and even the doctor too? Like, the doctor's fear is that she's not going to be able to keep her friends safe. And she calls Which them her family. Which is a legitimate like, fear because of stuff that's happened to her previous companions. Exactly. Like, literally everything with the Cyberman was all a throwback. And so just thinking about how she's had to make all these decisions, you know, that's what makes the show so good is it really gets at the at grappling with what do you do when you have all this power? Like, also, what do you do? I do want to make a quick comment. I love how much people who have been who have guested on Doctor Who specifically during Whitaker's time have just come away with like I could platonically marry her. Right. I love no, absolutely. the show's like the show's lead makes the set atmosphere that nice. I love yeah. hearing about that. Especially because they literally filmed from January to November. So, yeah. you know, she's making that whole eleventh one period with breaks in between for holidays and whatnot you know, something that they can enjoy and especially because they aren't allowed to talk about any of it with their family or friends. And so to give them a space where like everyone loves coming to work and everyone loves doing what they do is so important because as many of you know from reading the stuff I write about, like not all TV shows are like that. Some studios are just awful and suck. Yeah, but like uh, Joe Martin had that little clip of, it sounds like I want to marry her. I can't marry her. I really, really, (laughs) really like her. Or Sasha, Sasha, who was like, (laughs) You know, I was going through all of this stuff. I was having a lot of, you know, some mental things going on. And then I got Doctor Who. And honestly, this just reaffirmed my faith as an actor. And Jodie was right, so absolutely. gracious to me. And I'm like, I love hearing things like that. Yeah, and even Jodie, too. Like, she's like, yeah, like, Sasha and I are really good friends. So it made acting with him so much fun. And just, it's so great to just mm-hmm. have a place where we know, like, all of their fun marketing things are genuinely them having fun and not just them having to do it because they need to market it. Because it's PR stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So anyways, that was the season. We obviously enjoyed it. Um, You know, we're not saying you can't agree with us, but we're saying some of the reasons we've seen people not liking it are a little bit suspect. Yeah. That's it. And like, just, saying, just examine some of your motivations. There were definitely some episodes where I was like, eh. And like I said, the last episode, I literally watched the first six back to back. So I missed a couple of things. But even on a rewatch, you know, I really enjoyed what I've seen. And the moments that I didn't like were just because like personal choices. But I still mm-hmm. think they did a great job. And, you know, I really appreciate Timnall and the rest of the producers. Just like the way that different writers are allowed to really write the episodes and really mm-hmm. put their twist on on things and there's yeah their spin on it is really important because again anytime like Vinay Patel writes an episode and anything that Nita Manzoor directs it's always amazing and so you can really see like they enjoy working with these people because they're really thoughtful about how each episode slots into this larger narrative right um speaking of episodes though we do want to touch on we are doing a special episode next month it's the kind of like our pre-Ramadan Get yourself right with a law episode. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so we are going to have this coming next 
month, and we're going to really kind of be talking about fandom and a little bit of an idolization problem. Yes. So if you have any questions, now would be the time. Leave it in the comments of the article for this episode so we can see them. We will try to work them into that next episode. When we say fandom idolization, you know, it really is. It's like you're turning a show or an actor or a writer essentially has become your idol slash religion in a way that's yeah. not entirely healthy or could be considered obsessive. That's wrong. Yeah, essentially, like how how fandom <laughs> obsessing over things or when enjoyment turns into haram. So if you do yes. have any like points you'd like for us to discuss or you know any particular maybe a show or ship in general you'd like you'd like hey could this be blah blah you know leave that in the comments and we will try to work it in um as we can and yeah just be prepared that that episode uh, we we've been a little bit more positive this year so far just because we know not every episode you guys want to be like oh Corey and Sahar are gonna yell again <laughs> <laughs> and we want the episode next week to be both get right with god but next also month. like what are some yes sorry <laughs> um what are the ways that we can have actionable steps because i think that all of us find shows and media really important and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that but how do we also make sure that we're not falling into the trap of really building this para or pro-social relationship between us and as Corey listed show writer person character actor whatever and and respond to changes in life or respond to situations with those people in a way that's healthy and doesn't make you spiral into either a hating yourself for caring about that person or thing or putting everyone on a pedestal so that you genuinely idolize them, which is genuinely haram in Islam, which is why we're talking about it on that's mm -hmm. haram. And just how do we make things more healthy? Because in the last few years, especially with the rise of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC and all of these big, you know, Star Wars, we've seen a lot of BTS stuff BTS and music. Um, exactly. Um, not that just, we're calling out armies. We're just saying it's an example. K-pop fandoms. or Right, know. absolutely. The way that fandoms across genres. The Bay can, Hive. It, I feel bad. I just said the Bay Hive. I'm scared. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Corey keeps saying these things that I'm totally forgetting what I was going to end by sentence with. Oh, just the way that all of this can become a very unhealthy for everyone involved. Because mm -hmm. let's be honest, and we'll talk about this, part of fandom creation has now become let's manipulate our fans and create relationships with them so we can get their money. Like, I'm just going to say it. That is what it is. So then how do you stay a fan without getting sucked into that? And how do you make sure that you're able to deal with criticisms of your favorite XYZ thing in a healthy, normal manner? Exactly. But that'll be next month. Like I said, it's going to be our pre-Ramadan cleanse episode. Mm -hmm. um, again, I will reiterate, if you do have a question you might like us to touch about on that topic, or if you have like a fandom suggestion that you'd like us to analyze a little bit, go ahead and make sure you leave that in the comments for this episode's article so we can find it and try to yes. work it in. Um yes. That's going to be about all for us. Don't forget, we have other podcasts on the Fundamentals Podcast Network. Um, yeah. The Fundamentalists, Unabashed Book Snobbery, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. Ladies First is coming back. We've had some questions. Um, I promise you we're having new episodes in the pipeline. They've been planned out. 
Um, we just have to find time to record them. You'll probably see Sahara pop up on one or two of them as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fandom meeples as well. And then also don't forget to check out um, our live play Fae Forge Academy. They're on our fandom network as well. We're really happy to have them. So make sure you check them out, especially they're out every Friday. So if you need some more regular content, definitely uh, Fae Forge is, or we call them hashtag Bay Forge is going to be mm-hmm. where you want to go. Thank you guys for tuning in. I don't have anything else. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. Let us know right. if you have questions for next month or in the future. And if you haven't, watch Doctor Who. It's great. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>